Hey, PCC, what's going on? Welcome. We are glad you're here. I'm Ellis Hobson. I'm Amanda Flint. And I'm Mark Tapscott. Welcome to Hype. Welcome to Hype. Yeah. We have a guest today. Amanda Flint is here. Yay! Amanda, what do you what do you do around here? Tell the people. Introduce I yourself. I am the worship coordinator at the Farmville campus mm-hmm. and then also the office administrator here at the Powhatan campus. And you've seen her play at the online campus many, many days as well. You have. So that's true. We figured you're tired of just seeing me and Ellis or Eliza, and we thought we'd bring in somebody here that actually smiles and makes more sense than we do. I so. try sometimes. <laughs> what Amanda doesn't know is we're not gonna be here next week, it's gonna be just her. So, yeah. Great. So Congratulations. We're Thanks. handing this over to you. I'm so excited. <laughs> that, might be, that might be a better option. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. The the views are already going up. Oh, I can, I can see, like, the numbers on the screen. <laughs> hey, if you're here early, uh, go ahead and type in the chat. That's right over here if you're on your computer, right? On your if phone, you're on a phone, it's, it's, down, it's down, here. down here. Yeah, if you're on a computer so, or tablet. Yeah. Right type here. in there and say, hi, Amanda, and tell her who you are and where you're from. That would be awesome. And, That'd uh, be great. And I'll tell you next week because you probably won't be there. You'll be in Farmville Sunday, right? Yes. Yes. Farmville. It's a good place to go. It is a good place to go. Well, Amanda, so, can you tell us about what's it like at the Farmville campus? I've never been, personally. So. Um, it's a great place to go. Yeah. Um, we. One thing I've heard is we're great singers at the Farmville campus. Oh, We sing bad. really loud. Like, I can hear, especially Michael Hedrick, our campus pastor. You can <laughs> hear him Hedrick. from the front row. Yeah, I can hear it with my in-ears in. You know, you can shout out one of your singers or somebody right now. Mary Quinn. Mary Quinn? Is awesome. Okay, shout out to Mary Quinn. Shout out. What's up, Mary Quinn? What's up? Woo! So, uh, guys, we're two weeks into a new series. It's called Give and Take. Take. And we're talking about things God wants to give us, but also some Mm -hmm. things he wants from us. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Brian Hughes is back, and he's brought two awesome messages. Two, like, out of the gate. Oh, yeah. Legit messages. He's been been saving it up. He was ready. Was yeah. he was he in heaven last week? Because like he started out, looked like he was like in heaven. There it were like clouds, it. so all over the stage. That was pretty cool. cool. That was pretty cool. It was cool. Yeah. Today yeah. though, we're gonna hear from Brian Pope. Brian Pope, Brian Pope. another great Brian. Yes, <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of Brian's around Couple here. Couple Brian's, yeah. And we're gonna be talking about absolute dedication, and along with that yeah. comes mm. a special time, time of year that we have every year. It's not Christmas, not yet. It's, it's not child Christmas. dedication. Uh, we're gonna have lots of babies getting dedica- dedicated, dedicated today. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, that's it's awesome. awesome. It's an awesome event. So, yeah, that's really cool. Is this Sunday? That is this yep. Sunday. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Okay, child wow. dedication. If you're an online parent and you want to have your child dedicated, just drop me a line. Let me know. We'll there figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, that's awesome. so cool. It's really cool. Love that. Uh, no, I forgot what I was going to say. I had a, I had a next thing, and I forgot what my next thing. Was. <laughs> oh, so sorry. But that's it. Y'all keep I was, going I on. was way too excited about child it, dedication. It'll so come I back. Threw you off track. Mark, I gotta say, every time I'm like, well, I say like something like child dedication in my brain, I'm like, how are we gonna do this online? And the next thing you say is, if you want to do this if online, you do it, go put your name. <laughs> hey, like, look, all right, cool. I love I a good challenge. Yeah. we talked about <laughs> baptisms and how to baptize folks in their own line. We talked about child dedication. Hey, we we're gonna figure it out. We I got love, this. I love those kind of challenges. Uh, it's been an amazing experience watching folks online get connected. And so uh, tell your friends, to, you know, if you're watching online and you're from a, a, another state or another country even, grab your friends and tell them to watch with you. And uh, we just like to drop in the chat, let us know where you're from. We'd love to uh, to touch base with you. Just say hey and let us know how we can serve you this week. Uh, I'm there not just on Sunday, but all during the week. If you need anything at all, just uh, let me know. You can drop me an email and I'll get back to you right away. promise. That's right. Speaking of getting connected mm. in person and online, Small group is here. There's a new season of small groups small that just groups. launched. I thought that was a pretty good segue, y'all. 
I yeah, mean, we no, talked about, we just talked about like how. Community. I'm, yeah. I'm very impressed. Yeah. It was great. Before we came, we came on air, on air, we talked about how Elijah is the master of Segway. And I'm he not, is. I'm not taking that title from him, but I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, he's very good. But small groups, a new season of small groups is here. It's a great way to connect the people, get to know each other, and uh, speak about spiritual truths and how they can apply to our lives. So if you're interested in being a small, being in a small group, talk to Mark. Because I'm, I'm just going to hand it back but, to him. <laughs> I will tell you, we've got eight online small groups happening right now. And so and they have room to add some folks in those groups. So if you're looking for a group, just let me know. I'll get you in a group. Uh, that's an amazing thing that we do online. Uh, boy, i got to stop drinking more coffee in the morning. I, I spilled my <laughs> coffee in a meeting this morning. I haven't had my coffee yet. That's but, yeah, we have online more. small groups are happening. Leader Track is where you can learn about how to, how to develop your leadership skills. We do that online as well. Uh, the second session starts Monday, but if you're interested in the next track, uh, uh, leader track, let us know. And there's one more track we haven't mentioned. Another track. Another track. Like running? Do you all know it? Do you know it? If you were a little taller, uh, you would know. I, if you grew a little taller. It's because I'm short? It'd be growth track. Oh, oh growth track. <laughs> growth I track. have heard of that before. Yeah, and we, do yeah. That, we have an online option for that as well. So lots of ways to be plugged. Just because you're watching church online doesn't mean you can't do all the things that we do when we meet physically. Now, because you are, uh, online campus is a real campus. Okay, I just want to get that out of the way. It's For a lot of us, it's our real church. That's where we go and uh, find community. It's where we go and worship. It's where we go and uh, just hang out on Sundays to see other people. Uh, so everything that we can do at a regular physical location, we can do online. We just have to figure it out. That's so cool. You get creative. You get creative. Yeah. You know what I think is cool about the online campus? So... The online campus is the only campus that gets all of our all of our like all star team every week. Mm. So like I don't know if y'all like Marvel movies, but you yes. know you have your solo Marvel movies and then you have Avengers movies, uh, like team up movies. You like yes. Avengers better than that. The online campus is like the Avengers every week. Kind that's of. so true. It's pretty cool. So hmm. don't take it for granted because that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And you know we all scatter to our respective campuses on Sundays, but uh, you guys get the all star team. Absolutely. So that's awesome. So love that. Uh, it's almost time. No, we're almost out of time. Time flies almost when you're having time. fun. It's so almost time for what? It's almost time for church. All right, what? Well, yeah. I, I know what next thing was. You got one more hey, thing? Look, I'm going to tell you this now. I'll tell you in a little bit during hosting, but get a piece of paper and a pen ready because mm. Brian Pope has got something for us to do in his message today. Uh, and you're going to need a little card, a little piece of paper, just something to jot some, some notes on. Go ahead and grab that while you're getting your coffee. And we'll see you back in here in just a few minutes. Gosh, Mark not only makes everything happen online, but he's got the inside scoop too. That's Ooh. crazy. That's right. That's inside crazy. scoop like ice cream. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Well, you ready to count this down? Yeah. Five, four, four three, three, two, one. one. See ya. At PCC, we take Jesus seriously. When he said, love God with all your heart, we think he actually meant it. So, we do. We learn about God from passionate teachers. Worship and studying the Bible a daily part of our lives. We wrestle with Scripture together and on our own. And we go wherever He leads us to help others do the same thing. Jesus also said, love your neighbor as yourself. 
and we think he meant that too. So we spend time together because we think relationships matter. We offer help when it's needed. We live generously. We give sacrificially. And we welcome everybody. We take Jesus seriously, but not ourselves. We're the least likely people with the most amazing God and a passionate vision to love God and to love others. To reach people who don't go to church so that we can all know God, discover purpose, get real, make a difference, and be the change. glad you are here today. Welcome to church. Hey everybody, thank you for joining us. Now we are starting with a new song. I know you don't know the lyrics yet, but hey, it's easy. So just join us. Come on. Woo! Set it free. 
worship in this place, worship in this space, Lord, for this time is sacred and intimate with you. Lord, we just thank you for you are great. You are good. You are mighty. Lord, and we love you with all of our hearts, with all of our minds. Thank you, Lord. Let's worship.
Jesus. He is the one that our hearts adore. He's the reason that we gather for this church experience. We worship him and we seek his guidance for our lives. Welcome to the online campus of Passion Community Church. 
I'm Mark Tapscott, your campus pastor, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to do church with you. Please let me know the best way that I can help, whether it's by sending you some information about our church, or maybe you have questions about what we believe, or maybe there's something going on in your life that you'd like for us to pray about. Whatever it is, you can let us know on the welcome card. You can click on the link in the chat or visit our website and submit a welcome card. Now today, we get to hear from our Powhatan campus pastor, Brian Pope, as we continue in our series called Give and Take. I want to mention to you that near the end of the message, Brian will ask you to write down a few things. So take a moment now and go get a pen and pencil, or pen or a pencil, and a piece of paper, and you'll be ready when that time comes. Now part of doing church is having a shared worship and teaching experience like this. Another aspect of doing church is serving together. There's something special about working alongside others to accomplish a common goal. Now, at PCC, we're united in our mission to reach people who don't go to church so that we can all experience the fullest lives possible through Jesus. And when we, we have an amazing group of people who work together to accomplish that mission. They're so amazing, in fact, that we call them the Dream Team. They're just ordinary people who get to be part of the extraordinary work that God is doing with our church. Now, you can be part of it, too. Whether you could help once a month or every week or every other week, if you're interested in making a difference, I'd love to talk to you. Just visit our website or click on the button in the chat and complete a quick and short form, and I'll be in touch. Now, as we know that some folks are interested, but they have no idea where to start. If that's you, then consider going through Growth Track. That's where you can discover how God has designed you, what purpose He has for you, and where you fit in on the Dream Team. It's available on demand on our website, so you can complete it whenever it's convenient for you. And we recently heard from someone who's been a part of PCC since the very beginning, all 20 years. She served in lots of places from planning services to working with kids and students and small groups. And she reflects on the last two decades of her life. She says, the people I've served with are my people. They're the people that I check in with most often. They are where I belong. And one of the main things I've learned is how serving creates community. You see, when you give here, your financial contributions create these services, and they support our online presence. Your gifts also create spaces for people to serve God, to experience community, and to do both at the same time. And by doing these things, people grow in their faith and strengthen their relationship with Christ. And you can contribute by giving safely on our website right now. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for this place called PCC, a church where we can come and worship together and we can come and serve together. And God, we just thank you that we have the freedom to do that. And so today we thank you for people that give so generously to make all of this possible so that we can come and worship together and serve together and grow in our relationship with you. So be with us today as we learn and as we grow and as we worship. And we thank you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
It was a day unlike any other. There was anticipation and excitement and just a little bit of anxiety. It's a day I'll always remember, a memory that will be etched in my mind. On a beautiful afternoon, surrounded by hundreds of people, I left the sand of the shore and waded into the water. And as I turned around to see everyone behind me, I waited with butterflies stirring inside of me as a name was called out, the name of a beautiful little girl. And she waded out into the water to proclaim that Jesus was the Lord of her life. Her name is Lorelai, and that's my daughter, y'all. And I don't know if I can really describe the pure joy I had as I baptized her, but the emotion, it overtook me that day. I knew other people were there. I could hear them cheer as she came up out of the water, but right here, right here in this moment, I felt like time was standing still. But one thing was for sure. I felt God's presence in every single moment. Six years before this, I had experienced the same overpowering joy and emotion as my wife and I waded out into water to hear the name of our son, Haven, be called. And we watched together as he said the words, Jesus is Lord, a proclamation of giving the rest of his life to serve God. And we had imagined these moments. We had prayed for these moments. For many of us, we might see the baptism of our children as the beginning of their spiritual journey. We celebrate that decision, the decision that they've made. But their decision begins somewhere else. For us, it began years earlier when my wife Michelle and I made a decision that would guide the steps of our children's lives to get them both to these special days. The baptisms wouldn't have happened without the dedication. And for us, it wasn't just a ceremony, it was an all-in lifestyle change that allowed our lives to be consumed by our faith so that it would then influence our kids' lives to hopefully be consumed by theirs. And look, we didn't invent this, it actually came from somewhere else. Today, we continue our series, Give and Take. And we've been talking for the past couple of weeks about the promises that God has for us. We started by saying that God wants to give us a legacy. And we moved from there to say that God wants to give us heaven slash eternity with him. But in this relationship with God, it's not all about what we get. <clears throat> Today, I want to talk about one of the things that God wants from us absolute dedication. And look, this doesn't just apply to parents and our children. So for all of you who don't have kids or your kids are grown, or you might think that uh, my opportunity to have influence like that in my kids' lives have passed me by, it's okay because this isn't just about children. It's really about you. For a woman named Hannah, her absolute dedication to God would mean offering up something that she valued more than anything on earth. And to understand the depth of the sacrifice she made, we need to understand a little of her story. Hannah was married to a man named Elkanah, but she had not been able to get pregnant and give him a son. In those days, not being able to conceive was considered a curse. 
So much so that other women would disregard her and people would ridicule her. Being a mother was the one thing that she wanted more than anything. So every year, when she and her husband went on their annual pilgrimage to worship God in the temple, Hannah would pray. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. Have you ever wanted something so badly that you would just throw yourself at God's mercy and offer anything in exchange for it? We do this sometimes, don't we? God, if you would only just let me win the lottery, I, could, I would give half of it away. Think about how generous I would be, God. Or something like, uh, God, I'm, I'm, I really need this promotion. I've been working really hard. If I get it, every time the church doors are open, I'm going to be there. Or what about this one? Uh, God, there's this girl, I really love her. And if she falls in love with me, I will do whatever you want me to. Now, we often say things like that, but... A lot of times what happens is when we ask God for something and we get it, our dedication starts to wane. We forget our promises. They're empty. But Hannah's promise was not. God was faithful. And so was she. Now, at first glance, we might assume when we read words like, I will give him to the Lord that much like the vows of dedication we make when we bring our children to church to be dedicated, that Hannah is committing her son's life to be built in a relationship with God, that she's going to invest in him. But that's not the case. I've met so many families like Hannah that have waited and prayed for a child. And I've prayed along with them as many others as they've gone to great lengths in order to become parents. I've heard them make promises to God, not bargaining, but begging for the chance to start their family. So when we imagine Hannah weeping uncontrollably, we could easily take her promise as a moment of desperation. But in every ounce of her being, Hannah meant the words that she said. And I just want to acknowledge that many of us pray for serious things and we don't always get what we pray for. Even when we're serious about the bargain that we offer God. And I don't know why or how God decides things, but I do know that for all who have asked and not gotten the answer, that it can be hard. In Hannah's situation, God answers her prayer. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. You imagine the celebration in this moment, the amazing feeling of this answered prayer. I've also been there on days when miracle babies arrive, including the birth of my daughter who you saw earlier, Lorelai. We prayed for her. We fought through massive complications and lost pregnancies, almost giving up. When you know that they're coming, when they are there, the joy is otherworldly. When you hold any child, it's, it's special, but just a little bit more sweet when you know how hard the road has been 
for them to arrive. Hannah knew that joy. She experienced all the things a new mother does. She counted her baby's fingers and toes. She probably stared at Samuel for hours, smelled his baby hair, smiled at his tiny baby cries. She held him tightly in her arms. She was a mom. This is what she had waited for, and now it was there. So when the time came and the time was right, she and her husband made the journey to the temple again to praise and worship God there. And yes, to dedicate the most important thing in her life. They brought the boy to Eli, who was the priest there. And she said to him, pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman that stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I asked him. So now I give him to the Lord for his whole life. He will be given over to the Lord. Hannah's promise, her vow to give every day of her son's life to God was an absolute promise. Samuel's dedication to the Lord was just that. Hannah would arrive to dedicate her son's life to God at the temple, but she would leave the temple that day alone without him. Samuel would be raised there in the service of God, and then he would go on to many more amazing things after that. Hannah had made a vow to God. She was faithful to that vow. An act of absolute dedication to God was more than committing her son's life to service. It meant her giving up the most important thing on earth, her new baby. And although God had not asked her for Samuel's life, she had promised. The absolute dedication was hers. Now, some of you might be checking out right now and you're thinking, how, how could somebody give up their child? Don't let her example detour you. You don't have to give up a child to be dedicated to God. Although I'm sure, right? Some of it's probably crossed your mind at some point in time. If you're a parent, it might be crossing your mind right now. It might look real good to you, but all joking aside, what God wants from you is absolute dedication. No stone unturned. That's why the apostle Paul would write in his lifetime that he considered his whole life rubbish up to that point in exchange for knowing Jesus and why Jesus would say, you have to lay your life down to gain it. And why Jesus will also say that you have to count the cost if you were gonna follow him. What's the cost? Absolute dedication. Of what? Everything. So here's the question. What are you holding back? What are you refusing to allow God access to in your life? What is hindering you from having absolute dedication to God? When my wife, Michelle, and I got married, I, I still had a year of college left. And man, we were excited. We were ready to take on the world together. She had been working for some time and for almost a year, and she was an expert in her field. She was and still is a diligent planner who's early to bed and early to rise. As for me, 
I was working a full-time job and studying and, yes, enjoying in a big way my senior year of college. And I had given up a lot of things as she did to be in our marriage together, but, but listen, I had really sacrificed. I mean, I, it, it started with some big things. I would given up all of my blacklight posters. Like, all of those were gone now. And I was actually putting my clothes in a, in a thing called a hamper that she had, not in the convenient pile right inside the bedroom door where I could find everything. And I'd even put the toilet paper on the roll so that it would roll off the top instead of you having to pull it from the bottom. Like, it didn't matter to me, but it, it, it mattered to her. And you know, I did all of these things. I did all of these things because I really love my wife. I know, I know what you're thinking. What a sacrifice, what a sacrifice. But seriously, it wasn't long before I had to really start making some changes. I would have to learn that my friends and brothers couldn't come over at all hours and stay up all night and disturb my home. I would have to learn that I needed to consider communicating to my wife my plans, actually telling her what I planned to do, like when I would be home and I would really need to consider being home more often if I wanted to invest in our marriage. Changing meant showing her that she was important to me and that I would consider her in all of my decisions. Our relationship with God requires us to do the same. Jesus was asked one time, what is the most important thing? What's the most important thing in a person's life? The, the most important commandment God gave human beings. What topped the list? And this is how Jesus replied. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. When Jesus says, love the Lord with everything you got, this is what he means. He means absolute dedication. That's what we're talking about. Because love is an action, not just a word. This includes the things that we want to hold on to, that we want to control, the things that we value, the things that we sometimes take for granted. So today I want to explore some major areas that I think we can sometimes be deficient in when it comes to our absolute dedication to God. Let's start with this first one. The first one is time, time. Consider just for a moment, uh, when you woke up today, you knew what time it was, right? You knew what the hour was. You could almost uh, very quickly calculate how long you had been asleep. You knew when you went to bed, you might even have a device or a watch that tells you how long you were asleep and how restful the sleep was. Within just a few minutes of, of you waking up, your brain is already working through the routine, the requirements and the rhythm that it will take to get to school on time, make the meeting, arrive at the job site, etc. And you're likely already thinking about what's for dinner, perhaps having the time to relax later in the evening. And if you are like me some days, you wake up and you're already thinking about climbing back into that snuggly bed later that evening. So you hit the ground running. We all do. But I have to admit, some days for me seem like they run together. I admit there are even times for me that the schedule runs me and not the other way around. I admit that I waste time when I shouldn't. But if I truly want to be dedicated to God, then God owns my time. 
A few years ago, I adopted this important mantra in my life from our senior pastor, Brian Hughes. God owns my time, so he has the right to interrupt my schedule. He owns the time that he's given me, so my calendar is just that. It's just a calendar until he says otherwise. Paul would write in the book of Ephesians, he would say it this way. He would say, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And another translation puts it like this, live not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. In other words, if we wisely turn our time to God, then there's a return on that investment. And the question cannot be, where does God fit into my schedule? It has to be this. It has to be this. How does my schedule reflect who God is in my life? How does my schedule reflect the importance of God in my day-to-day life? We recently kicked off another season of daily worship on social media here at PCC. And we scheduled time together every morning to worship, to hear a devotional about the Bible reading plan, and we pray together. We spend that time in worship of God together. And a lot of people take advantage of us, joining us, not just in the morning when it's early, but throughout their day. They have dedicated that time to connect with God. And it's a good thing. So hear what I'm about to say, not as an indictment, but as a challenge. 15 minutes cannot be the only time you consider God in your schedule in your day. Our time in daily worship is meant to be a start, be the start of that connection or the rejuvenation of that connection later in your day. And that's just, that's just one example. We all have our lives to live. We all have requirements in our day. We can't call out of work or not go to school or decide that we're going to blow off our commitments, but wisely we can give our time to God when he gives us the opportunity. Recently, I was uh, headed into the church one night for an important meeting. And sometimes I have these little pockets of margin in between my commitments. So I stopped at the sheets close to the store, uh, to the church here, the convenience store. And I filled up one of those XL cups of ice and Diet Coke. And I sat down in the dining area and I just, for a few minutes, people watched me, maybe, maybe just 10 minutes or so. Some folks came by and I talked to a few folks who I knew. And as people left and came in, I, I said, hello. Uh, and I navigated some folks through the, the food area as they were waiting for their orders. But just before I got in my truck, I noticed a young man sitting with his bike at one of the outside tables. I smiled and said, hello. And he returned and said, hello. And he said, hey, can I, can I ask you a question? Now, now, listen, in a split second in my mind, I was assuming all kinds of questions that might come. But I said, sure. And he told me a little of his story. And he asked if I could give him a ride back to his house. It was, it was a little bit further than he had remembered. And just as fast as I had calculated what kind of questions he may ask, I had a decision to make. I'd already relaxed some of my time away. Now I was on a schedule to do something important and I needed to head there as fast as possible. If I took the time to take him home, it could put me behind schedule. But then I remembered, God owns the calendar and the time. 
And here's something that he's put in your path, a way to redeem the time wisely. So we loaded up the bike and I drove him home. And along the way, we talked about his life just for a few minutes. It wasn't that far. He asked where I've been heading. I told him church and that opened up a whole nother door and a whole nother conversation. And it gave me a chance as I dropped him off to invite him to our church to connect with the community and family we have here and possibly reconnect with God. And here's the really cool thing. I feel like I have a new friend. Now, I wish I could say that every opportunity like that I've taken in my life, but it it just wouldn't be true. There have been more times than I can count that I have plowed through life with my head down because I'm too busy. And I'm sure that I've missed more than my fair share of opportunities. That day, I hope, was helpful to my new friend, John. But it was quite a blessing to me to spend time with him and get to know him a little better. So here's the thing. Let's let's commit you and I to be open to God's timeline and interruptions. And let's be more intentional in how we serve God with our time. After time, I think there's another thing that we need to consider for our absolute dedication to God. It requires a total all-in commitment of our resources. Now, before uh, some of us start squirming and thinking, man, hey, Brian, thanks a lot, man. I invited a friend today for the first time, and you're about to talk about money. Great. What I'm about to say isn't about money, although it's certainly part of it. If you consider the word resources, it implies that these are to be used and that they are available to you. You have at your disposal resources which can be saved and utilized, and yes, even wasted. So before I continue, if someone invited you here today and you're trying to find out more about Jesus, but you haven't fully committed your life to him, then just like time, your resources may have a different focus than what I'm talking about here today. And that's okay. That's okay. We are glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you're here and that you've included us in your journey as you discover what a relationship with God might look like. But for the rest of us, for the follower of Jesus, this is crystal clear. The Bible has a lot to say about our resources. The Apostle Paul would reiterate later in his life the sentiment expressed by the psalmist when he said this, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Throughout the Bible, the thread is crystal clear. Our total dedication to God includes committing all of our resources to him because they already belong to him. We are simply the stewards, which just means caretakers of those resources that he has entrusted to us. And I think this one is tough for many of us. I was in business for over 20 years and I was certainly guilty at times of thinking that What I had earned and amassed and gathered belonged to me. That it was up to me how they were to be used. And it's easy to go down that path when you've worked hard to gain that opportunity and influence that affords you an abundance of resources. Because you've earned them. But realizing that our abilities and our skills and our drive and our personality and all the things that it takes for us to be successful in this world comes from God alone can help you reframe what it means 
to dedicate everything you have, every resource to his purpose for your life. Jesus had many interactions with people about wealth and resources. He had a lot to say about it because he knew that this would be something that we would struggle with. So are your resources more important? Are our resources more important to us than God? Jesus was approached by a young man one day. And as often was the case, people recognized Jesus's wisdom and his teaching even before they knew or accepted that he was the son of God. They really leaned into this. And this young man comes and he, he asks this question. He, this is what he says. He says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, you know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not, be, uh, shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all of these things I've kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus knew the young man's heart. He was a good person. It said Jesus looked at him and loved him because he knew that he had lived a good life. But it was possible for him to do all those things and to believe, but not have to dedicate his whole life to God. He was holding something out. He was holding on to the one thing that was the roadblock for his fullest life possible. The young man went away sad because he had great wealth and he didn't want to part with it. Now, most of us would not consider ourselves to have great wealth, even though in our country, those, even those of us who have little means live better lives than most people in the world. We may not see ourselves as wealthy, but it really doesn't matter. Absolute dedication to God means he gets to call the shots in every aspect of your life, including whatever wealth and resources that he's given to you. But he doesn't demand it. It's up to you. It's up to all of us to make the decision to turn this important piece of our life over to him. And part of this important shift it's turning over your finances and your home and your job and your car and so much more to his care and control and deciding to do it cheerfully. These are the words that give us that statement. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Something that you have struggled with, start somewhere. It says give cheerfully based on what you have in your heart to give. Don't walk away like the rich young man, sad because you're unwilling to let it go. If time and resources are so important to us and they're such an important part of our dedication, this last point I wanna make today goes hand in hand with both of them. For us to be absolutely dedicated to God, we have to give him our absolute devotion. 
He requires our worship of him in this relationship we have. Worship that expands further than just the songs we sing in church on Sunday or wherever we are. Songs can be part of our worship, but worship isn't just that. It's, it's not just an act. It's a posture. It's how we carry ourselves. A posture that keeps God in the first position in our life, never placing anyone or anything before him. Throughout the Old Testament, God says, I am a jealous God. In the Ten Commandments, the first commandment is that you shall have no other gods before me. In the time God said that, people were literally worshiping other gods. But I think we can all agree that there are more and more things that lord over our lives these days that compete with our relationship with God. Distraction competes with God in every aspect of our lives. It's not just social media or entertainment or even our devices. It's just about everything. There are even good things that compete with the devotion that we need to have to God. There are appointments and practices and recitals, games, family, friends, marriages, and they call for some level of devotion. We have to ask the question, is God first? Does he hold the number one position in our lives? Because if he does, if we proclaim that we are all in and we're giving our lives to worship and serve God and his purpose in our lives, then we have to live that out. In Romans, it says this, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and improve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Giving over every part of our lives to God, our time, our resources, our devotion to him above everything else is what true and proper worship is. That's what the relationship is. That's the absolute dedication we're talking about. Remember Hannah? We started today talking about her giving up the one thing she wanted most in this world, a son. And if her story had ended there, it would be exactly what it is. One of the most powerful stories of absolute dedication to God. But her story doesn't end as she leaves the temple without her son, Samuel. Instead, her story ends defining the whole reason we call this series Give and Take. See, every year after Hannah dedicated Samuel and left him there in service to God, she would make a robe for him, a gift. And when the time was right for that pilgrimage, she would travel with her husband to the temple to worship God and yes, get a chance to visit her son. She saw him grow up year after year in the care of those who were there. And on one of those annual trips, this happened. Eli, who was the priest, would bless Elkanah and his wife saying, may the Lord give you children by this woman to take the place of the one she prayed for and gave to the Lord. Then they would go home and the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. 
Hannah's act of absolute dedication, her commitment to go all in and not only turn over the easy things in her life to God, but the most precious thing in her life was returned with great blessing, including seeing her son grow up to be used by God in miraculous ways. And she was a mother again, five times over. God is always faithful. So I'll ask again, what about you? Is there something that you've been holding on to, something that you haven't fully given to God? Is there something that has been placed in a position of higher priority or a higher position than God in your relationship with him in your life? Is there something that's in the way of you experiencing the fullness of the life that he wants for you? Have you allowed your devotion to become diluted by distraction? Today, we wanna give you a moment to reflect and take a step towards absolute dedication to God. You have a piece of paper there and I'm just gonna ask you to write down the words, I dedicate, and then the thing that you've been holding on to, the thing that you wanna give over to God today. Beth's gonna play as you consider what that is. Take the step today to identify it, to write it down. What is the thing that's holding you back? And then put that piece of paper somewhere to remind you of what it is that you wanna dedicate to God, to remind you of your promise. This is between you and God. But what he wants for you comes to completion when you dedicate yourself to him absolutely. So have the courage to see this through. And I hope that you'll see that you can never be more dedicated to God than he is to you. He wants so much for you. So give what you have to him. Pleasures all forsaken. 
God is faithful. If you've taken that step of surrendering all to Him today, you've taken a huge step towards living the fullest life possible. May you experience His faithfulness in a powerful way as you release all that was holding you back. Now, if you want to talk about that, we're here to listen and to pray with you. You can reach out to me by email and I will respond to you. So thank you for joining us today and we'll see you next week. to the dark cause that's just the kind of God you are